Howdy, before we begin today, we'd just like to give a quick thank you to our good friend Dan, who has become our first unofficial patron of the show at patreon.com slash texaspodcast. You can support and sign up for the show at the link. In other news, the Daughters of the Republic of Texas are losing the right to maintain the Shrine of the Alamo. I'm sure there will be many more exciting facts coming out in the news and a good piece of history for us to cover. We thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Spotted horse cannot be killed <laughs> by anyone's bullet. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. Throughout American history, Texans have volunteered for war. In each of these, they have distinguished themselves and received medals for their valor, including the Medal of Honor. To date, 75 Texans have received this honor. Some, like Audie Murphy, you may recognize immediately. Today, though, we're going to talk about a modern hero, Master Sergeant Roy Benavides. But first, who is a great actress that some people may not know is from Texas? I'm going to choose Carol Burnett. Uh, she was born in San Antonio in, I think, 1933 or thereabouts, and I didn't know she was from Texas until I researched this, but I love her. I adore Carol, Bur- Carol Burnett. Grew up watching her on TV with my folks. You can't see her right now, but Scott's tugging on his ear. <laughs> well, I'm going to say a more modern actress, and I'm going to say Chandra Wilson, who plays Dr. Miranda Bailey on Grey's Anatomy. And I had no idea until we researched this that she was a Houstonian. So, just like Beyonce. Well, I'm going to go with another San Antonio native, and I did know that she was from San Antonio, and this is legendary actress Joan Crawford. Uh, And she was born in 1904 in San Antonio and lived there as a child. No more wire hangers! (laughs) Put that up there with the Buseyisms, folks. (laughs) The Medal of Honor is the highest military decoration awarded by the United States. It's awarded to members of the United States Armed Forces who distinguish themselves, quote, conspicuously by gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of their life above and beyond the call of duty while engaged in action against a hostile force. While every Medal of Honor recipient has distinguished himself, some stories are so amazing that they are hard to believe. One such recipient is Master Sergeant Roy Benavides, whose story is the stuff of legend. Benavidez's Medal of Honor citation doesn't begin to describe the details of his amazing story. Born in Cuero, Texas, in August 1935, Roy was the son of a sharecropper. He was of mixed Yaqui, Indian, and Mexican blood. Orphaned at a young age, Roy was raised by an uncle. He dropped out of school in the seventh grade and then went to work as a migrant farm worker. In 1955, he joined the United States Army and eventually qualified for the U.S. Army Special Forces, the Green Berets. He was later deployed to the Vietnam conflict. In 1968, a 12-man squad of Green Berets were conducting surveillance of enemy troop movements in Cambodia when they were surrounded by between 500 and 1,000 enemy troops. They were in serious trouble. Shortly after the fight began, four men were dead and the rest were wounded. Helicopters that tried to rescue the trapped soldiers were driven off by enemy fire. Sergeant Benavides was off-duty when the choppers returned to base, riddled with bullet holes. Without hesitation, he grabbed his gear, jumped on a chopper, and demanded he be taken to his buddies trapped in the field. Helicopters couldn't even land where the squad was pinned down. They would have been cut to pieces. So after assessing the situation from the air, he asked the pilot to descend into a nearby clearing and jumped out of the chopper. He slung his rifle over his shoulder and carried first aid kits and medical supplies. 
He sprinted 75 meters through intense enemy fire to reach the ambush soldiers. By the time he arrived, he had already been wounded several times in the face, arms, and head by bullets and shrapnel. Completely surrounded, the wounded Benavides administered morphine to the other wounded soldiers, including one Green Beret who had his eye shot out, but was still fighting. He organized the patrol into a more defensible position, and then began clearing a path to the rescue chopper. When his M16 ran out of ammunition, Sergeant Benavides picked up an AK-47 off a dead enemy soldier and kept fighting. Once the way was clear, Sergeant Benavides popped smoke out to let the rescue chopper know it was okay to land. He then made six trips carrying wounded and dead to the helicopter, fighting the whole way there and back on each trip. On his last trip, an enemy grenade blew him off of his feet and riddled his back with shrapnel, and then a bullet went through his abdomen. When he regained consciousness, the chopper was still sitting there, burning. The pilot was dead, and the wounded were still on board. Undeterred, Sergeant Benavides fought on. While fighting the enemy, he pulled all the men off the burning helicopter, established a defensive perimeter, administered morphine, and organized those still able to fight into a small defensive force. After being shot through the thigh, he called in airstrikes and napalm runs. By the time the second group of rescue choppers arrived, Benavides had been fighting nonstop for six hours. The North Vietnamese soldiers, in a last-ditch effort to keep the Green Berets from escaping, launched a full frontal assault. Sergeant Benavides was waiting. During hand-to-hand combat, Benavides was bayoneted twice and had his jaw broken by a rifle butt, but he had inflicted heavy casualties on the enemies while his Green Berets scrambled onto the choppers to escape. Benavides hopped aboard the helicopter where he promptly lost consciousness. The helicopter, despite being riddled with bullets and having lost all instruments, was able to lift off and whisk the battered squad away to safety. By the time the choppers arrived at the field hospital, Benavides lost consciousness, having suffered 37 bullet, bayonet, and shrapnel wounds. The indomitable warrior was placed in a body bag, his wounds being assessed as not survivable. But Sergeant Benavides wasn't done. As the doctor was zipping up the body bag, he mustered the last ounce of strength and, unable to speak, spit in the doctor's face. He was rushed to surgery where they managed to save his life. Then he moved to a hospital in Saigon where he spent almost a year in rehabilitation. Spotted horse cannot be killed <laughs> by anyone's bullet. <laughs> Great movie. Eight men of 12 survived that awful day because Master Sergeant Roy Perez Benavides refused to be defeated. Against insurmountable odds, he saved his comrades and himself from certain death and created a legacy that would elevate him to the top of the ranks of heroes. But it was a long road for Sergeant Benavides to be recognized with the nation's top honor for his actions. The initial period for awarding him the Medal of Hon- the initial window for awarding him the Medal of Honor expired in 1972. Efforts on the part of Congress and his commanders to appeal this. The efforts on the part of Congress and his commanders to appeal the expiration of this window lasted for many years, but the Army eventually denied the request, as there was no living eyewitness who could corroborate all of what Benavides had done. Of the four survivors, none witnessed everything that was mentioned. He was, however, awarded the Distinguished Service Cross for his valor. In 1980, though, his former radio man, Brian O'Connor, who Benavides actually thought had died in combat, provided a 10-page report of the action in 1968. He'd been living in Fiji and happened upon a copy of an El Campo, Texas newspaper article about Sergeant Benavides while vacationing in Australia. His account was what was needed to finally ensure that Sergeant Benavides was able to be eligible for the Medal of Honor. He was awarded his medal by President Reagan in 1981, and his official citation reads, quote, Sergeant Benavides' gallant choice to join voluntarily his comrades who were in critical straits 
to expose himself constantly to withering enemy fire, and his refusal to be stopped despite numerous severe wounds saved the lives of at least eight men. His fearless personal leadership, tenacious devotion to duty, and extremely valorous actions in the face of overwhelming odds were in keeping with the highest traditions of the military service and reflect the utmost credit on him and the United States Army. Ben Avenis eventually retired from the Army and settled in and settled in El Campo, southwest of Houston, to raise three children. In November 1998, he passed away and was laid to rest at Fort Sam Houston National Cemetery. An elementary school in Houston and a boot camp for troubled youths in Uvalde were named in his honor. In 1999, the Army built Master Sergeant Roy P. Benavides Special Operations Logistic Complex at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. In 2003, the USNS Benavides, a supply ship, was christened as part of the Navy's Military Sealift Command. In 2001, the Hasbro Toy Company had released the Roy P. Benavides G.I. Joe action figure. That's pretty darn cool. If you're ever in McAllen, Texas, be sure to stop by the Veterans War Memorial of Texas, where all of the state's Medal of Honor recipients are honored, as well as fellow Texans who have made the ultimate sacrifice in defense of our nation. Right, and Benavides was actually awarded the Texas Legislature Medal of Honor before Audie Murphy was. Huh. Yeah, How he was that? awarded it right after he passed away. Yeah, I, you know, coming on the heels of the Audie Murphy story that we talked about, um, this one... I mean, as, as much as, as big a deal as Audie Murphy was, as big a deal as his story was, Benavidez almost feels more real to me in a way, because as far as I know, there hasn't been a movie made yeah. of it, and it's it happened a little bit closer to our lifetime. I think seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger step out of a helicopter and say, hello, my name is Sergeant Roy Benavidez, <laughs> you know, would be a little awkward. No. Now, now. Because <laughs> he's the only one that could pull this off. Now look. Forrest Gump only got shot once in the butt. Right. So <laughs> he got to go have a Dr. Pepper's yeah, at the White House. Dr. Pepper's. <laughs> so Benavides got shot 37 times. Well, no, it wasn't shot 37. He was bayoneted. Some of those were bayoneted. He was wounds. wounded. <laughs> like, again, I say spotted horse. <laughs> well, it's, it's an, it's an incredible, again, it's an incredible well, warrior story. Spirit. That is so much warrior spirit, like coming out that's. Yeah, but I mean, you got to be a badass. You had to be a badass back then to be a Green Beret in the first place. I mean, that was yeah. Like, well, but again, I think it's a story of there was, you know, nobody ordered him to go in and do mm-hmm. that. He just yeah. he was off duty. He wasn't even yeah. you know on watch. He just found out. Hey, my buddies are in trouble. I'm gonna go in and help yeah. him out. Don't leave well, a man behind. And it's he not- and he kept going until he could yeah. physically could not go anymore. Well, they you know they don't give out these medals to like world's greatest potato peeler you know like guy unless that potato peeler happened to do something no i mean i'm but i'm talking about actually peeling potatoes yes uh but these are extraordinary tales of of human achievement and valor and it's it's not just enough that that it was the it's the crazy volunteerism of the spirit of these stories now what i want to know is how an El Campo newspaper yeah. managed to make it to Australia <laughs> in 1980. This is before the internet. This, this is before like, the internet. Yeah. I was Googling. Like, this guy who was served with the guy and he was living in Fiji just and, everybody, happened to... and they both thought each other were dead. He happens to see an El Campo newspaper in Australia of all places. Well, he's, he's born in Cuero, which is good South Texas, but... Uh, also uh, stomping grounds of one Creed Taylor. So it all comes back around to that guy. 
Let me just point out an interesting... Um, I, I don't think Cree Taylor would have liked Benavides. They knew each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, let me just point out an interesting story here that Sean and I were at Lockhart Smokehouse one day having lunch, and we were just getting some barbecue, and we ran into a wonderful gentleman there who was a, a former Marine who had served in Vietnam. And yeah, served at Quezon. Yeah, he, he and he had an incredible war story. Like he 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 was very like you were like wow this guy yeah. went through the worst of it and came out the other side and he's still and he's still sitting here having his plate of barbecue. So you know he was he was pretty tough. His butcher paper of barbecue. But he yeah. it just speaks to the interesting character. Yeah. Like it was it was a real experience to to have him tell that story so openly to us and, and share that aspect of it. And he was very Texan. He was very proud of his Texan heritage. And he talked about that part too. But you hear these stories of, of like these exceptional guys and you realize, well, these are the exceptional parts of stories, but the Audie Murphy's, the Sergeant Benavides and these other guys, but how many other stories happen? Of, how much honor is there out there that we don't hear about? Mm-hmm. All the stories that really don't make the front page or get the medals or, or get written in the history books. Mm-hmm. And it's just in, in, and then that piled on top of the sheer number of Texans who have served throughout conflicts historically. Uh, you know, when we did the World War I story, and we mm-hmm. talked about just the, the huge numbers of Texans that actually uh, volunteered to, to be part mm-hmm. of that conflict. The proportion of population in both world wars for Texas was higher than many, most of the other states. And the proportion of deaths in Texas for World War I certainly was higher than the rest of the country. So there's there's a you know there's there's something there to that it it's something that I I can only take pride in because I am a Texan and these people are Texan but you still sort of you really do feel the pride of you know one of our own has risen to the highest honor and displayed incredible bravery beyond he, the call of duty yeah and he overcame a very hard childhood I mean he was of mixed blood of Native American and and Tejano heritage and so he was. Basically, yeah, his second was, class citizen. His dad time. was a sharecropper. His dad was a sharecropper, very poor. So you know, the army was a way out uh, and a way up, and uh, he took advantage of that and and excelled. All right, if you got like if you stub your toe, like you got to sit down and kind of go, <sighs> you know, you got to you got to stop and catch your breath. But I was thinking about this, just jumping off that chopper with an armful of supplies and then all of his gear and that gun on his back. And he sprints 75 yards. I'm sorry I'm boring you, Sean. He sprints 75 yards. That's most of the way across a football field while people are shooting at him. Yeah. It's an incredible athletic feat as well. So And, I just, and then he does that for six hours. Yeah, then six hours it goes Shooting on. and stabbing. Pretty remarkable story. Yeah, it's an incredible story. and uh, He got put in a body bag. I mean, that's the craziest part of the story. That, yeah, yeah. Well, and then he and then he spit at the doctor. <laughs> it, it it's it's beyond it's beyond a military. It's almost into science fiction. Creed Taylor would appreciate that. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Well, it's an incredible story. So, if you, our listeners, have some great stories of your parents, grandparents, or even uh, yourself. Or yourself, because we have a whole generation of Texan warriors. Uh, who have served our country. So if you have a great story of a Texan that you know or that a great story about Texas, uh, share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. Send them in. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. 
We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. Why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two ends. And I'm Scotticus. If you like the show, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everyone you know. And show them how to subscribe to a podcast. Please leave a review on iTunes, because that's what helps us to find new listeners, just like you. If you want to support the show financially, go to patreon.com slash texaspodcast. We'd like to thank Paul Schmel for helping to research and write today's episode. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas, Texas wants you anyway. anyway.